1: Brad, one of the great movie theme songs of all time, The Bangles, Susanna Hoffs. Of course, you are aware of my Susanna Hoffs story from 1989, uh, but really a great song, somewhat of a discouraging movie. I believe that uh, Robert Downey Jr. died in it. Um, and, And part of it was he was involved in one of the worst winter storms in the past century at the time. And now- Ah, uh, we are in the midst of one here in Dallas, where it is uh, it is sleeting. I can report uh, on the ground that it's cold. Um, there is uh, there is some precipitation. There's perspiration. They don't treat the roads down here, so everyone's home. We've obviously closed our corporate headquarters for the uh, uh, the uh, foreseeable future. Probably it'll be a little bit shorter than the uh, period we were closed for the COVID, but not by much because this is obviously a devastating devastating natural disaster
0: yeah yeah well it's fitting that the song would come from the movie less than 0 because that was the actual temperature here where i live where you know men are men and it was felt like with the wind chill minus 21 this morning when like and i headed out to brave the snowstorm so i mean i have some sympathy for you but given mm-hmm. that this happens at least once a year every year in dallas at some point, don't you have to say, hey, you know, there's going to be this two or three day period of time where it drops below zero and stuff falls from the sky and it gets a little messy. We should be prepared for that or no?
1: Oh, no, they were prepared. They, they, they rang the siren here by the house and, and they basically shut everything down. You can't even get a DoorDash pizza at this point, my friend. Everything's closed. Everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy, you know what? It just it goes to show you that it just kind of depends on your context. Right. If, if that weather is just the weather you have in a day ending and why, which of course is here, then you can get yourself a DoorDash pizza. But if it is not, if it is unusual and, you know, folks are a little trepidatious about the winter weather, then you can't. I mean, that's just, you know, sort of the way it is. Yeah. Well, no one's
1: going anywhere here. Everything is, is shut down. Everyone's hunkered down. And of course, um, the Bengals said it best when they said, uh, hold on to your hopes, my friend. Yeah. hold on to your hopes. Everyone here is holding on to their hopes. Of course, this is David Prudom and Brad Sheaf. Uh, we're here, and we are serious about meaning business. We are serious. We're cold. Uh, Leica is out patrolling the uh, the grounds here just to make sure because all the power has been out for for hours, I think. Um, and uh, and and so it's uh, it's a dangerous time, but we're, we're nonetheless. We are uh, we are here for you as we are each and every week. You can learn more about our show on our website, which also means business, ipfrequently.com. And uh, you can follow us on the social media, the Instagram, the Twitter, the TikTok, the Twitter at ip underscore frequently. That's all you have to type in, at ip underscore frequently. And uh, you'll find us and you'll see all of Brad's travails and his stories are updated on a daily basis. And um, it, is, uh, it, it is a privilege to uh, also uh, be on the Salem podcast network, of course, Salem is the uh, uh, is is sort of the um, uh, the Babe Ruth of podcast networks. If Babe Ruth were slightly to the right of Attila the Hun, which I don't think he was not, um, but you can of course get us anywhere you uh, uh, get your uh, podcast. If you do the podcast thing, we ask that you subscribe, rate and review, recommend us to a friend, and then sit down and force that friend. To uh, download the podcast and subscribe on their phone, even if it means that you have to, you know, resort to fisticuffs. Uh, the Salem Podcast Network, Brad, is really the silver uh, medal winner of all podcast networks. Correct?
0: Yeah, I think probably, generally speaking, Salem is going to take the silver.
1: The silver, and of course, the gold would be taken, as you would agree, by iHeartRadio. Correct?
0: Well, sure. Yeah. Now, see, I, here, here is why I would say that. I, I, I can't say with any level. Of definiteness, where you know podcasting networks fall out, but I have heard of iHeartRadio, and I had never heard of Salem outside of the context of Slaughtering Witches before they picked up our very fine program. So I would have to say, just based solely on my own sort of interaction with the podcast diverse, uh, that iHeartRadio would be on top of of Salem.
1: And, and it's interesting now that the two of them are in what some would call a tug of war for our services. Oh, really? As I told you earlier, I was on the phone with our um, our, our PR guru, and some would say our our best friend of the world uh, out in uh, LA, Steve Syatt.
0: Certainly, he is my favorite puppeteer who lives in the LA area and talks to both you and I.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which begs other questions but uh, yeah, that that's good. another here or there neither here nor there uh so anyway he uh, of course is uh, on the uh, front lines he's not, we want him on that wall he's the one dealing with all of the big media outlets and he has come to us uh with a proposal from iHeartRadio radio where they want to put us on their podcast network uh and uh, and and really put us to work for them the only issue brad mm-hmm. and you know of course you and i loyalty is, is the name of the game for us. We are loyal to a fault and we will stick with you as long as we'll stick with you. Right. Like a St. Bernard. Correct. So, uh, the, uh, I radio offer is in, they love the uh, podcast. They, they, they know we, uh, <laughs> they know we mean business, uh, and they know we pee frequently, and they're good. And they're good to go. They like the show. They wouldn't change a thing except the format and uh, perhaps some of the guest stars and at least two of the hosts. But yeah. uh, they Perfect. are saying that the only way they do the deal, the only way iHeartRadio will mm-hmm. attach themselves to what is really um, the the number one podcast out there for small businesses, as everyone knows, mm-hmm. uh, is if we uh, go with them exclusively. Which means that we would have to leave the folks who were uh, there for us when we were at our lowest in terms of podcast parlance and, uh, and, uh, and leave the good folks at Salem. Uh, Of course, luckily for you, you and I, we've already been through Christmas, uh, got received the the beautiful corporate gifts, been to the Christmas parties, but uh, to be very clear, Brad, this would be, uh, this would, would mean no more, uh, of the uh, the great hospitality we're shown on some of the big uh, uh, Salem uh, flagship uh, uh, stations, like the folks in Boise, uh, Dubuque, Dubuque, Crested Butte, Brad. I believe that's in your neck of the woods, Crested Butte, is, and, yeah. uh, and and places like that. So it's a it's a difficult choice that uh, we're facing, and maybe you could talk the listeners through some uh, of the factors that go into high-level corporate decision-making of this magnitude.
0: I'd be happy to. Who has the better lunchroom? I don't know.
1: That's a good question, though.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where you start. If you are running a small business and you find yourself here on the precipice of a major decision, you look around and the first thing that should come to mind is snacks Right. Like, where am I going to find the better snacks? Because small business operations is a hungry thing to be involved with, right? You cannot run a small business on a below minimum level caloric intake. Snacks are important. You oftentimes don't have time to sit down for a full plated meal, like you were some big fat cat running some, you know, Fortune 50 company. Mm -hmm. You got to eat what you can take in your hand and munch on as you're making these kinds of decisions. It could be a savory snack, like perhaps a Cheeto or a Dorito. It could be a sweet snack, like a mint.
1: Maybe an empanada. M&M.
0: Empanada. Maybe. You could grab an empanada. I like empanadas myself. I would stay away from the hot pockets. I've had bad experiences with those. You burn the it, roof
1: of your mouth.
0: But it's just the whole thing is crazy. You gotta be careful with the Doritos too, because you won't burn yourself, but you could jab yourself right, right behind your two front teeth, the corner wow. of those chips. That'll bring you to your knees. You will not be running your small business that day. And so you want to be sure of the presence of adequate snacks ready at hand for you as you go through your business day. And so for me, buddy, this is simple. Whoever has the best snacks, be that iHeartRadio or the Salem Podcast Network, we have to move in that direction. And no one can fault us to include Salem if it happens to be that iHeartRadio has better snacks, because you just look at me and go, hey, listen, up your snack game. You want to keep people around who mean business and pee frequently? Up your snap, snack game. That's it. Yeah. It's as simple as that.
1: And maybe we'll come back. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But uh, at this point, everything you've said so far tells me you're leaning towards the good folks at iHeartRadio, where I do believe, Brad, they have a monthly ice cream social in the snack room.
0: Well, will see. I mean, there you go. And I'm a little troubled at the fact that Salem appears to be assembling and raising two new stakes at this point. And so, you know, that is another factor. If you are choosing business partners as a small business owner and you think one of them might give you ice cream and the other one might burn you alive, you want to you wanna move in the direction of the ice cream.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And then the question becomes soft serve or is it one of those uh, hand dip type deals? But that's, that's something that I always find. That level of detail tends to work itself out. and We'll obviously get our good friend Steve Syed on it. Uh, it's important that we know these answers though before we make a call. But we, of course, want everyone out there who listens to know that uh, if you don't see us on uh, the Salem uh, platform uh, in the coming weeks, it means that we have indeed made the leap to uh,
0: to iHeartRadio. Do we have any you know, sort of contractual obligation to the folks at the Salem Podcast Network? Well, that's a good question too.
1: I, I of course, w- when it comes to signing documentation, I typically just go with uh, whatever our uh, PR guru, Steve Syed says. So if he tells you to sign something, you sign something. If uh, and, and obviously you and I have both given him power of attorney to sign anything uh, he deems necessary and appropriate. Well, not our, our not him
0: specifically, the puppets have the power of attorney.
1: Yeah. Well, the puppets have the power. Of attorney. He, he actually has a living will That puts a lot of power in that uh, hands of that one puppet, the one that looks very
0: strangely like uh, Lou Ferrigno. Hmm. Yeah, that's odd, but that is a uh, Steve side is our guy. We're sticking with him. Loyalty.
1: And that's a good lesson for those of you at home. We've got to uh, you've got to sort of take a look at things, uh, uh, you know, when you evaluate opportunities, when you come to a fork in the road, you sometimes want to take the road less traveled. Sometimes you don't. But what you need is a master puppeteer with you who will help sort of lay out the different scenarios for you. And then uh, you, can, uh, you can you can make your choice. But if it's snacks you want, uh, what the people at iHeart are telling us is snacks will
0: will get. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, the beauty of having a puppeteer with you is there's always someone who knows how to pull the strings. Steve certainly knows how to pull the snack based strings. We've talked about the importance of that, and so I think we're just going to have to go with his, you know, sage advice.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, and obviously, we'll also have to lawyer up and uh, and get ready for the inevitable litigation with the folks at Salem, who will be obviously trying to keep us. Uh, under the salary cap, Brad, I believe that uh, they could apply the franchise tag to us, and that way we'll get, I believe, uh, 150% of our highest salary at Salem uh, Radio and uh, be required to stay for one more league year. Uh, so that obviously would be ideal, because at that point we would be you know, really banking. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. 150% of what we make now would be a tidy sum.
1: But listen, this is not going to be decided now. Brad and I are going to commiserate, maybe think a little more about this. Next, Brad, uh, we uh, move on and we start talking about another uh, train wreck, the Biden administration. A lot of things going on uh, with the Biden administration uh, this week. First, uh, the saga of declassified documents continues. More classified documents were found at uh, the uh, president's uh, multimillion dollar home in Delaware, where his son Hunter uh, lived for many years uh, doing crack cocaine. Um, and now Democrats, this is how you know things are not going well when Democrats start sending uh, letters uh, to the uh, Department of Justice asking for more information about what documents were where. Uh, with respect to Biden. When the Democrats start circling, um, you know, that's when you know you're in trouble. That's certainly what happened to Dick Nixon, your friend and mine, uh, when he was president, when the, uh, the Republicans started turning on him and saying they were going to vote to impeach, that was it. And uh, uh, now you have Democrats uh, who are very keen on learning more about these documents, especially since most, if not all of them, were ready to uh, burn Donald Trump at the stake for having many fewer uh, documents at Mar-a-Lago.
0: Keeps coming back to these stakes, buddy. It's very, it's nerve-wracking just the thought of them. But yeah, I mean, it, it, train wreck is being generous. Not only is Joe Biden not the little engine that could, he's not, he's 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 not even the little engine that remembers what it should be doing, right? He is the little engine that has forgotten who he is, where he is, what he's supposed to be doing, etc. And it is starting to come unraveled. I mean, I imagine that the folks in Dallas wish they had access to some of these classified documents so they could burn them in their fireplaces or perhaps just out in the front yard in an effort to stay warm. Joe Biden has apparently been collecting them like some people collect coins or beer cans. He has been collecting classified documents and just sticking them in many and various places, perhaps putting Hunter in charge of them, which makes perfect sense. But you're right, buddy. I mean, when your own when your own political party is starting to, you know, sort of get out the torches and pitchforks and come after you, you got problems. But, you know, if I was the Democratic Party, this this is almost a godsend, right? I mean, the disaster is looming in 2024, right? I mean, if Joe Biden says, well, you know, uh, huh," and then runs again. And brings old Kamala along, it's, you know, no one is looking for that. And so this provides a tailor-made excuse for the Democrats to go, hey, you know what? Joe Biden, he's, uh, he's certainly been himself in the political arena for many, many years. Maybe it's time for him to go. Maybe it's time to turn over a new leaf <laughs> and, uh, you know, hope there's not a classified document under it. And I could see where they're going with this.
1: Well, listen, it's important, I think, to look at timelines when it comes to some of this stuff, right, because it's, you know, a timeline tells you what people were thinking and and what they were disclosing. And so if you go back to September when Biden was asked on 60 Minutes about the Trump uh, documents, he said, quote, how could that possibly ever happen? No way. How one person could be that irresponsible? Right. That's in mm-hmm. September. So November 2nd, they find classified documents at the Penn Biden Center think tank, which is, again, I don't understand that. That's yeah. the most mystifying uh, part of this. Right. Whole thing. That
0: is an oxymoron to end all oxymorons, but okay.
1: hang on. <laughs> on the third, uh, the uh, National Archives is informed. The fourth, the DOJ is informed. Five days pass after the uh, after the third and then the midterm elections happen. Right. The ninth, the FBI is informed and they start investigating and then the attorney general does some things. Then on December 20th, more documents are found in the president's garage this time in Delaware and a special counsel is appointed. And at the same time uh, of the uh, special counsel appointment, the White House tells the public about this month and a half after two months after the midterms when they knew about this. Right. And then you had Biden delay a little more. More documents were found on January 12th. More documents were found on January 14th. And at the same time, the the president is just saying, I think you're going to find that there's nothing there. But at this point, you've got almost three times as many documents in these different Biden locations as you did with Trump. They're all highly classified, apparently, although we don't know what they say. And uh, and, and it seems like this is a big uh it's a big issue. It's a, it, it certainly is a big issue. It should be for those people like the Democrats now in the Senate, apparently who made the Trump thing a
0: big issue. Well, yeah. I mean, I, buddy, the part I don't get about this and, and, maybe I just should, maybe, and maybe none of this should surprise me the level of dumb that comes out of Washington DC. Maybe I should just, you know, resign myself to it, but all of these guys have classified documents, right? They don't manage them well. They don't care Many of them are dopes at the highest level. And so they just round up their crap when their time in the White House is over and they head out. Right. And and they don't pay any attention to any of this. And I mean, you got Pence, right, who, you know, seems to be a a reasonable guy, seems to perhaps be an adult. And he comes out, he's over in the corner going, hey, don't forget about me. I, I got my classified, too. It's just how can you be Biden? get on the public airwaves and just rail against Trump having, you know, half a dozen classified documents in his sock drawer when you know you have boxes of them in various locations for which you are responsible. I mean, that that level of dumb. I mean, that's like seeing your brother get in trouble for stealing a cookie out of the cookie jar. You know, you also stole a cookie and you advise your parents to invoke the death penalty.
1: It's the height of hypocrisy, but that you know that's what you get in uh, today's uh, today's day and age. The best part of this whole thing is the press secretary, Marie Bouvier Bouvier Bouvier, uh, who or uh, whatever, what's her name? The 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 press secretary, the press secretary. The, the
0: gal is just horrendous. The one that's up there all the time is, isn't it, like Jean Marie Jean Marie
1: Van Dam, whatever it is. Yeah, some, she's, it's a made up name. She's in there. She just says, "I will not address." anything related to an active FBI investigation. I just
0: won't. I won't do it. Yeah. just just great. That's what happens to be about Trump. In (laughs) In which case, case, you know, she's she's you you can't keep her lips from moving.
1: Johnny, bar the doors. Uh, Meanwhile, Brad, at the same home where all these documents were uh, were held up, uh, you have the great Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, more information is coming uh, forward from his laptop, which I believe was is the uh, gift that keeps on giving. Now what has been released are a series of text messages. Some would call them sex messages between uh, Hunter and his young secretary. Uh, I guess his assistant uh, was complaining to him about the fact that uh, uh, he, her paycheck bounced and she wasn't having her, her health insurance wasn't being funded. So he started sending her a series of Apple pay deposits into her account. And If you look at the text messages or sexts, sexts, mm-hmm. you see the, the deposits going in. And then he slowly makes a number of requests of her, all of which are inappropriate. And, um, you know, in some cases, maybe criminal, but the, the, the funniest part is the, the Apple paid deposits go from like a thousand fifteen hundred down to like twenty dollars ten dollars uh, as he's asking her to take various photos and send them to him. Uh, so, uh, and then this is the same guy as last week we talked about who has moved a court to deny his biological daughter uh, the ability to use his last name. Why she would want to do it, I don't know. But um, it seems like a real piece of a man. And he, of course, was sending these sex in the same home that the uh, the uh, highly classified information was residing.
0: Yeah, it's a uh, I, I, I don't know that we've developed a term in the English language to describe just the crap show that the Biden family is right now. Again, we talked about this last week. If you are that court you look at the plaintiff and say who's the buddy remind me is is hunter biden being sued for the use of his name or is he suing to prevent the use of his he's name? he's stepped
1: know. in to try to i think i think she moved the court so she delaware. so she's
0: suing him okay so well, you, no, she, she moved
1: would, the court in delaware to change her name and he's intervening and trying to prevent it.
0: So I I really don't and, I, and I'm not sure who the plaintiff is there that I mean, wait, let's just make it easy. If you're the court, you look at this woman and you say, listen, sweetheart, the last thing you want to do is condemn this child to have the last name Biden, particularly if it's going to get tied back to Hunter Biden. Right. So I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to deny your motion to use the last name. That's going to preserve your child's you know, future in in ways we can't even begin to describe at this point. And, you know, given that that really has nothing to do with whether or not Biden owes her money, that's a separate issue, right? You don't have to use the name in order to have parental responsibility for a child you fathered. But I I can't figure out why anyone would want to use that name, especially now when you look at the stuff that's just coming off this guy's (laughs) laptop. And it's just, I mean, look, all of us do things that we're not proud of. Very few of us would like to have you know, our worst day made public, but this seems to be a pattern of behavior that just defines the person that Hunter Biden is. He kept this stuff that says all you need to know about him. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not really sure how you keep a lid on this if you're the White House.
1: Well, meanwhile, uh, the president is uh, also trying to trying to change the narrative a little bit, right? Because he's got some issues with his son obviously and the sexting and uh the the whole confidential information, highly classified information documents documents. Uh he has uh, repeated a, a, a something he said in the past where um he 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 tells this story about how a uh conductor on Amtrak told him that he is now uh been on Amtrak and rode over a million Amtrak miles. Uh, And he's due, you know, some uh, recognition because of it. And of course, this has been fact-checked a number of times and found to be completely untrue and pretty much impossible for him to do on the train ride back and forth to Delaware from D.C. Um, And it's been pointed out. It was pointed out in a press conference last week or a press briefing last week where they asked him about it and he repeated it again. But apparently... um, uh it it, it's not true but it seems like there's a pattern here where he just says whatever he wants to say regardless regardless of whether or not it's even remotely factually accurate
0: yeah Uh, at some but again at some point don't you have i mean doesn't don't the adults to the extent that there are any in the room have to just say okay this is crazy he just blows stuff out of his six o'clock constantly and no one says anything. While, while you were describing that, I was curious. I did the math. So according to, to the Googlenator here, it's 108 miles between DC and Wilmington, Delaware. Now, I, I don't know exactly where in Delaware he was going, but you know, so let's just, you know, there's about 108 miles to make that trip on a road, admittedly, maybe the train cuts a few miles off. I don't know. Okay, Maybe it adds a few, I don't know. But if it's 108 miles between Washington, DC And Wilmington, Delaware, you would have to make that trip every single day, at least once a day, every single day for 25 years, okay, and four months, okay, every day, Sunday, Christmas, New Year's, Feast of the (laughs) Assumption, every day you got to make the trip at least once for 25 straight years and then you tack on about four months after that. And then you would be knocking on the door of having your million miles on Amtrak. So the conductor that you started with Angelo Negro retired for five years after putting in his 20-year career with Amtrak by the time you get to a million miles.
1: I don't know. And they're gearing up for the re-election campaign. It should be fun. And uh, obviously, we'll be here to cover it. And, you know, who will be here, Angelo Negri, because he uh, he retired decades ago and he's passed on to the great uh, Amtrak in the sky. A um, couple more things, Brad, before we take another break. One, the royal family. I know you love all things royal. You're obsessed with it. You with the uh, the prince and princess of Sis. Uh, there's more yeah. than one princes uh, got married. You were uh, beside yourself. You had your popcorn. You were watching it live on MSNBC. Um, But now Prince Harry, Prince Harry, who's off in Montecito, uh, has demanded an apology from the king, King Charles, uh, the Duke, the Duchess, and uh, the Queen of Cornwall. Brad, do you think an apology is coming? Do you think the Queen of Cornwall will be apologizing to Prince Harry and the Megsit?
0: My guess is going to be no on that, buddy. My guess is going to be no. What exactly is he looking for an apology for? Because it can't be trashing members of your family, because he has done that more than any other human being that I'm aware of. I and mean, even Hunter Biden, with whom, as we discussed last week, Harry is in a douche-off, right? They're trying to out-douche each other. That's that's my guess here. Even Hunter Biden has not trashed his own family, to my knowledge, Uh, in the way that Harry has openly, notoriously, and publicly done repeatedly in every format he possibly can Mm -hmm. from a track tape to MP4. So he can't be looking for an apology for that. All right. So what exactly is he looking for an apology for?
1: Not exactly sure, Brad. He said, and I quote, this was on one of the many uh, shows he has been on, Humping the Book, quote, you know what you did and now... uh, I know you did it. Uh, you've been caught. So just come clean and apologize. And he says, apologize with an S.
0: Apologize. Yeah. Well, that, uh, yeah that's the, it's the British way. To apologize. Do Which, you know, I mean, again, we've had to, you know, we we, we we crushed him in the Revolutionary War. We crushed him in the War of 1812. We had to bail him out of two big ones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, if you want to do it right, you put a Z in there. It just is the way to... I'm not knocking anybody from the United Kingdom. It's entertaining to listen to them speak. They're very funny. But you do, you do want to do that with a Z. And I, so let me get this straight. So Harry is saying, I want an apology. I'm not going to say what for, but you know what it is. Yeah. And now i know that you know so like harry learned something over the last period of time that he knows I mean, that I, they I don't know get that it. he knows that yeah he knows. It's, it's just yeah okay
1: well brad yeah, I, we'll keep I, monitoring that and then finally rip report a few years ago we lost one half of the greatest duo of the 20th century uh penny marshall passed away and now cindy williams has died at the age of 75. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's both Laverne and Shirley going to the big Schlotz Brewery in the sky. And uh, boy, it makes you feel old, all these uh, uh, yeah. stars of our youth. I believe you had a crush on uh, on one of the two. I'm not sure. Probably Laverne, right?
0: I can't remember. Wh- which was the dark-haired one? I'm more of a brunette that's guy.
1: The dark-haired one was Cindy. was well, Shirley. Shirley.
0: Shirley. Okay, well, then it would have been, to the extent that I had a crush, it would have been, on, uh, Shirley.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. I always had you pegged as a Laverne guy, but listen, it's neither here nor there, but, uh, uh, really a great show. Fun. Schlemiel, Schlemazel, Hoffman, and have to cover all that stuff. I mean, yeah. but, uh, they don't make them like that anymore. And it's, uh, it's a shame. 75, uh, too young to die. Remember Letty and Squiggy? I do. Carmine Ragusa, the big ragu. Mm-hmm.
0: All yeah. spinoffs from happy days, buddy. I mean, how many shows did that's, Show off.
1: it spun off uh Laverne and Shirley, Joni loves right. Chachi, Mork yes. and Mindy. Yes, I believe the uh, Dallas was spun off of there, I believe. Uh-huh. Pretty
0: sure, uh, and then you know, in a modern era, NCIS, NCIS 60 Minutes,
1: NCIS, yeah. 60 minutes yeah. was spun mm-hmm. off of there. Actually, yeah. Morley Safer was uh Uncle Lou on uh Happy Days.
0: A lot of people don't know that.
1: Uh, next, Brad, unsolved mysteries. We have more mysteries to uh, unravel. Um, In this case, we've got a mysterious spiral formation that appears above the stars, uh, which are in the sky (laughs) above Hawaii. A mysterious spiral spiral formation Mm -hmm. was spotted above the stars in the night sky above Hawaii earlier this month, sparking curiosity and outrage among observers. Uh, It was originally, of course, spotted by an observatory in Mauna Kea on mm-hmm. January 18th, uh, and it grew into a larger, quote unquote, blob before it transformed into a dot with a spinning spiral around it. Uh, and uh, of course, this is uh, uh, something that uh, is not a UFO or a spaceship. Uh, uh, some people do think it could potentially be the work of billionaire Elon Musk, uh, but it's a very rare, uh, rare sighting. And some people say it's connected to the launch of a satellite uh as part of the SpaceX program by uh, by Musk. But at this point, Brad, it's a mystery. Uh, what is happening in the sky over the island of Hawaii?
0: Well, you know, Musk is a guy that a lot of people like to blame for a lot of things, and he perhaps sets himself up for that. The part about this that is throwing me for a bit of a loop is that the 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 blob that then became a dot that then became a spiral. Uh is above the stars. And so, you know, our Astronomy Minute is part of a different podcast, so I don't want to get too deeply into it. But I think most folks probably realize that the stars are really far away, right? And so in order for this thing to be, quote-unquote, above the stars, uh, I think the closest star is Alpha Centauri. It's like 14 light years away. And then even when you look at constellations, what people don't realize, like, you know, one of my favorites, Orion, you know, it's kind of a cool constellation look. It's got the little belt there with the sword on it. Those stars are vastly different distances away from the Earth, right? So even though we see them sort of two-dimensionally, they are a three-dimensional construct. And so in order for this whole thing to be behind all the stars, it would have to be you know, literally eons away from the Earth. So I, I'm, you know, I'm wrestling with that being Elon Musk's fault.
1: Next, uh, Brad, uh, the big, uh, the big, election 2024 is, uh, it, it's imminent. It's going to happen soon. And, um, uh, at this point, Emerson college, the Emerson poll is out and, uh, the uh, the lead is had by one Donald J. Trump, 44 to 41 over Joseph Biden. It seems like some of these scandals aren't helping the Biden administration. And of course, Trump is stuck in the mid 40s where he will always be. Um, but I, now this is the first big poll of the new uh, presidential cycle. And it looks like we have a dead heat between t- two quality candidates. I mean,
0: I, I, mean, I, I was dreading what you were going to say. In terms of what this poll was telling us, because no matter what came out of your mouth, it was going to be depressing, right? I mean, there was, there was just no chance you were going to say something that wasn't depressing, whether Biden's in the lead, Trump's in the lead, it doesn't matter. The whole thing is depressing. And if you're Joe Biden, I mean, people hate Donald Trump, right? I mean, there are people who just viscerally hate that guy. And yet he leads Joe Biden in, you know, a respectable poll, right? I mean, the Emerson poll is not just, you know, a bunch of chuckleheads who can't figure it out. I mean, that they actually know how to take a poll. And so someone that a significant chunk of the country just viscerally hates is ahead of you in a poll, that would have to give you pause if you weren't, you know, already around the bend, as they say, if the cheese was not already sliding off your cracker. cracker. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Ritz cracker. Who knows? Triscuit, uh, but yet, whatever. Triscuit. That's yeah. a hearty cracker. It's a hearty that is cracker. A hearty cracker. That's, a, um, that's a snack. Yeah. So that I mean, look that uh, we get what we deserve and we are going to get Biden, Trump, too. I'm pretty convinced of it. Oh. And uh, God bless us. God help us. Really. Yeah. Uh, next, Brad, we go to the Pita minute. We haven't done this in a while, but, uh, you know, you know, I went to the zoo the other day. We down to the Dallas Zoo with the kids, the I wife. Think, yeah. mm-hmm wandered yep. around fed that I well, didn't really feed the giraffes we watched people try to feed them they were they're,
0: they're very tall it's hard to get the food up there yeah
1: yeah. well there's a step ladder in the step oh, ladder. Okay. Yeah. yeah so we did that we did that thing they have the um uh you know the the dipping dots the ice cream oh, you yeah, run around for sure. a good, mm-hmm. today it's all iced over so you couldn't get down there but uh it's all dipping dots mm-hmm. it's all dipping dots everywhere everywhere you look but uh apparently there is a scandal going on with a series of events at the Dallas Zoo that make what's happening with the president and his uh, uh, handling of classified information look very tame in comparison, no pun intended. Uh, but uh, of course, a couple of weeks ago, Brad, a uh, a clouded leopard uh, vanished from the uh, Dallas zoo and uh, the clouded leopard Nova uh, was found five hours later, just wandering around the grounds. They had to close the zoo that day. We, everyone in Dallas received a notice. And then it turns out that two uh, tamarind monkeys Brad since then uh, were deliberately taken from their enclosure I guess someone went in and opened the uh, uh cut open the fencing so that they could uh, uh, grab a couple of tamarind monkeys uh, although ultimately they weren't successful the zoo was closed that day too and then finally uh, finally Brad, a vulture a vulture at the zoo and this is not any vulture Brad this is not your run-of-the-mill, vulture this is a 35 year old endangered vulture named pin pin is in bowling pin mm-hmm. was found dead with uh the zoo issuing a lengthy statement uh uh basically uh praising pin the 35 year old vulture but then saying at the end quote the death did not appear to be natural so uh there's some wound there's a wound <laughs> somebody somebody killed the vulture somebody it's not funny it is not no
0: Well, no, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it it is funny that the Dallas zoo appears to have, you know, just completely gone off the hook, right? So someone killed their vulture, set free a leopard. And let me tell you somebody of all the animals that can hurt you, you you want to stay away from the cats, right? Like, I I mean, they, they hunt you, they're going to attack from behind. I mean, stay away from the big cats. And so that, that you don't want to trifle with. and then tried to steal two monkeys, which based on this photo you have sent me, have said monkey have amazing mustachios. mustachios. I mean, just very impressive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so for, you know, I don't know the, how they take care of those. I don't know if they use some oil or a wax, uh, but the, the, the mustachios is impressive. Uh, well, what is going on there? Like, is, is there no one in charge of the Dallas Zoo?
1: No, it's actually Zoo President and CEO Greg Hudson, who, when asked about Pin's death, said that the vulture "quote had a wound" and that the wound and circumstances of the death are unusual. <laughs> so there you go. And this is a thirty-five. This is not any, uh, uh, you know, any old uh, uh, vulture. This is a a thirty-five-year-old vulture.
0: Well, I mean, Man. which which tells you the vulture is savvy, right? I mean, you got to be capable if you're going to sneak up on a 30 a 35 year old vulture seen a lot of the world that's just even if you're just in a zoo i mean you've seen a lot of the world if you're 35 years old and a vulture and so it's not going to be easy to just get you and so if i were you know nominally in charge of the zoo i would uh you know perhaps be looking for a different job but certainly be paying more attention
1: Yes. Who's watching the animals, Brad? Someone's going to watch the animal. You got a dead vulture on the one hand, a leopard wandering around, some stealing the monkeys. I mean, it's a problem. And then somebody's, the one thing I'll say though, is that 35 year old vulture, right? If you look at it in relation to that turtle, we were talking about a few weeks ago, that turtle mm-hmm. I think it was Bart, the turtle, the big sea turtle. There was like 200 something. no, Jonathan, I think Jonathan, it Jonathan the
0: turtle. Yeah. There was
1: a, there was a picture of the turtle with like uh uh with, with uh, William Howard Taft and there was another one right, with like right. him and uh, him and George Washington. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was an old turtle. I mean, the, this, this, this vulture it's only 35 years old.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, compared to the turtle. Yeah. I mean, he was a, a young man, but I believe that vultures, you know, don't live as long as turtles. Why? I don't know. It may have something to do with the shell. It may have something to do with just, you know, the, the, the turtles are you know widely known, famous. Some might say for just taking it easy. You know, they don't live a very high-stress life, whereas vultures, you know, tend to be a little more anxious. Uh, they have to stay airborne. They got to find a dead rabbit. I mean, there's you know, there's a lot going on if you're a vulture. So yeah, I mean, certainly compared to the turtle, the vulture, you know, it's just is it's a spring vulture, right? I think it's I think it's the appropriate thing to call it. But for a vulture, that's old, and uh, you don't want to be the guy that's in charge when the vulture is you know, dies under mysterious circumstances. I wouldn't think I mean, I've never directed a zoo. Maybe it's not a big deal, but I, I wouldn't want to be that guy. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's not, it's not good. It's not ideal. The zoo is something here in Dallas. It's something, uh, I wouldn't go back, but, uh, you know, whatever floats your boat. Finally, Brad, we have a little bit of heart. You know, we like to end sometimes when we don't do barter band on a, uh, on a uh, happy note. And, uh, I, I give you Brad, um, the uh the case of uh a a very very excited llama the world's oldest llama named dalai lama um <laughs> of course it is. of course it is uh who has now celebrated his 27th birthday this is a new mexican llama brad thankfully it's not at the dallas zoo or it would probably be no. uh be dead Smoking hole. We yeah. <laughs> be dead with an unusual wound. Mm-hmm. Uh, but listen, there, there are some times where you have to sit back and say, you know, the, the world's not a bad place. I mean, yes, there's a sheet of ice outside. And yes, most of the animals of the Dallas Zoo are dead or been kidnapped. But in this case, I give you the Dalai Lama, Brad, a uh, feel-good story.
0: Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it certainly puts the vulture back in perspective. But I, I, I guess my question is I'm, I'm under the impression that there are a lot of llamas on the planet. Right. Especially if you get down to South America, they sort of roam about. Uh, they are, you know, that that's sort of where they're they're from, where the llama generally hangs his hat, if you will. And so, how do they know that this particular llama, the Dalai Lama, and good call naming the Dalai Lama Dalai Lama? You know, I imagine years before you thought he or she was going to be famous. So, you know, nice work by whoever did that.
1: Oh, there could have been a name change.
0: Could have done a name change, but for a llama that, you know, that requires a motion before the court, very similar to a Biden child. And so it's just not something you can do. Um, but I I would like to, for someone to just do a brief, you know, kind of survey, it doesn't have to be scientific, doesn't have to be double blind, but get yourself down to South America and just, you know, by a show of hooves, ask if anyone is older than 27, because I'm not ready to give the crown away quite yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a troubling question. I believe most of the llamas have their own paperwork and- uh well, they're required cards. To, Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I can tell you this, a little more color on the party. Um, according to the Albuquerque Journal, which of course is the uh, news of record, Brad, when you're in Albuquerque, mm-hmm. guests were fed ribs, burgers, and chocolate cake. Uh, Dolly, the Dalai Lama, however, ate a personal alfalfa cake with uh, candles reading 27, also in attendance was the uh, Dali Lama's best friend, Gelato, a Nigerian dwarf goat. Gelato, a Nigerian dwarf goat. Um, Mm -hmm. They apparently became so close that Gelato cries when Dolly leaves their shared pen. Uh, So, Brad, uh, listen, this is a very rare relationship between a llama and a Nigerian dwarf goat. They had a great party. They had the alfalfa cake. Other people had ribs. Um, I, I mean, all in all, probably best day ever.
0: Well, I mean, certainly for that combination, again, as you pointed out, I'm not aware of any other uh, you know, pairings between a llama and a Nigerian dwarf goat. I mean, they, it may be more common than I'm led to believe. Um, but listen, I, you got the alfalfa cake, people, it sounds like they had a good time. They took the event seriously, as it should be. Anytime a llama reaches 27 years of age, it's a big deal. You can ask any Nigerian dwarf goat, they'll tell you. And so, yeah, I'm behind it. I think it should happen more often. But again, I, I, while I don't want to cast any shade at all on Dalai Lama's 27th birthday, I would like, you know, again, just a rough estimate of how many other llamas might be that age. And therefore, how many opportunities for a good time are we missing?
1: Well, listen. I, I mean, again, I don't have the answer to that. I'm just not prepared to to engage on that level. I haven't done my research yet, but I do know this is a beautiful story. And uh, listen, I think, uh, I, I, I think if I were Dolly's owners and I were going away for a couple of weeks, I would trust the good folks at the Dallas Zoo to take care of the Dalai Lama while they're away.
0: Yeah, you're very close. You just send the llama, you know, from Albuquerque to Dallas. They put them in that zoo, and then you know it'll be eventually freed from its cage, stolen by unnamed parties, and then shot in the neck. Um, but it, you know, it, again, you, you got to do what you got to do. I, you and I pal, have got to get to the bottom of this. We'll shelve everything else. We'll head down to South America. We'll count llamas. We'll get birthdays. And we'll be right back here next week on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently once again clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth you're welcome